Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. We've got a great show for you tonight. ADHD and autism parenting success story, a lived experience. With us in our virtual studio is the Penny Williams. Um, we've had her on before. She's a perfect guest for this topic, which I'll explain in more detail in a minute. Before we do that, let's get into a, a few announcements. Uh, first, the 2019 Succeed with ADHD Telesummit is right around the corner. It starts July the 15th, um, goes through the week. I'm excited. Uh, I was, I'm really grateful for Laura DePar for at least uh, inviting me to come on. I'm going to be talking on basic ADHD truth that most miss. Um, it's, a, it's a real fun presentation. Um, I hope that you'll join us. Uh, to learn more about the Telesummit and or sign up, go to succeedwithadhdtelesummit.com forward slash ATR. And we'd be very grateful if you make sure you put the forward slash ATR uh, so we can track things. Next, it's not too late to start planning for the uh, annual International Conference on ADHD. Uh, it's going to be November the 7th to the 9th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm actually real excited about that one, too. We're doing a little bit of workshop on working memory. Uh, it's going to be real fun. I'm going to put you in some experiences to understand. We're going to talk about how to problem solve. You can learn more about the conference by going to chadd.org. And speaking of CHAD, uh, which stands for Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, our show tonight is being brought to you by them. Um, and in celebration, we're offering two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you have to do is listen to the show. We're going to reveal a secret word a couple times during the show. And you know, listen to another show and listen for the secret word in that show. All you have to do then is just send me an email at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. You just put the two words, the two secret words in there. We'll match them up, and uh, we'll be in touch and get you, uh, again, two Two copies. One would be the current copy in PDF form, and then we'll get you the next copy as the magazine is released. Again, our, our show is being brought to you tonight by Chad. We're going to run a little tip, and then we'll get into the show. Research shows that physical activity and movement help increase attention, decision-making, and learning. With physical activity, executive function performance improves in as little as 20 minutes, and ADHD symptoms can reduce in intensity after as little as 30 minutes of exercise. Find what works for you. To learn more about ADHD and exercise, visit chad.org. Thanks again, Chad, uh, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. They're the ones that are on Capitol Hill, different regulatory agencies, uh, advocating so that our community can speak with one voice. We encourage our listeners to become members simply because um, you get great member benefits, but the financial support helps us all kind of work together. Um, if you don't want to be a member, we encourage you to donate and contribute to the organization because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. Okay, so let's get into tonight's show. This is really kind of unique. This is a, actually a lived experience, and when I do lived experience shows, I really like to get people that are non-professionals that are associated with this, but um, this is one of those situations where it was ideal to have somebody who has a lived exper experience and actually works um, with adults um, on parenting-type things because um, we're going to talk about you know, a success story of ADHD and autism um, and what the goal of our show really is, is to talk to Penny about her lived experience. And we're going to talk about 
something that uh, I've only recently been able to uh, articulate a little bit, uh, I think, that, which is the key and the, the kind of the secret to it all. And we're hoping that you'll be able to listen to our show and, and, and understand what's going on and embrace uh, what I see is one of the most important things that takes place uh, for uh, for success stories and um, and actually accept that journey. So real quickly, let's make, let me introduce Penny. She is uh, she guides she actually Penny Williams guides and mentors parents raising kids with ADHD and autism. She's the parent of a son with ADHD and autism and an author of three award-winning books on parenting kids with ADHD. Boy Without Instructions, What to Expect When Parenting Children with ADHD, and The Insider's Guide to ADHD. Penny is the current editor of Parenting ADHD and Autism.com, founder instructor for the Parenting ADHD and Autism Academy, and a frequent contributor on Parenting and Children with ADHD for Attitude Magazine, Healthline, WNC Parent, and other parenting and special needs publications. You can find her online and get more details at her website at parentingadhdandautism.com. And with that, Penny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I always appreciate it. I always like doing interviews with you because we, we, sometimes we set the stage a little bit, and then usually during the interview something unexpected pops up, and I always learn something, so it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to set the stage yeah, for this a little fun. bit in a little bit of a context. Um, in, in, my, in my coaching business, I talk about – Ahas and, and the, or eurekas or the I get it or I understand and I define those as the sudden comprehension that takes place when you pay attention to something differently. All of a sudden, what didn't make sense all all of a sudden kind of makes sense. And with ADHD, yeah. I think we're always looking for that like that little aha that kind of sh- reveals that thing. And those are those are really nuggets. But I think the real journey for success for people is what I call a change of mindset. And I define mindset as how your mind is set up to think. And think of it as like your science or your version of reality. And I actually found some language that I'm going to read to everybody just to kind of help frame this out. And, and, and a, a, a mindset, a shift of mindset doesn't actually happen overnight. It's, it's, it's a mental, your version of science, and all models have abnormalities that can't really be explained that are brushed off as acceptable levels of error, and they're just kind of ignored. Um, it's when there's enough of these anomalies – uh, that 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 occur that can't be explained by your mental model, your version of science, that it throws your your mind or your science really into chaos. And setting up to m- think your mind to think differently doesn't really take place without. And I want to repeat this: a lot of anxiety, a lot of conflict, and it's really mm-hmm. an explosive intellectual battle necessarily, really to disprove the way that you viewed the world before that to accept the new one. And some people actually will never make that balance. And I. I share a few physical um, examples of that. At one point in time, we thought the sun rotated around the earth, and Galileo said, no, 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 we rotate around the sun. And I think that he was thrown in jail, and it took a generation for everybody to really accept, like, maybe the guy is right. And Einstein walked in and said space and time are curved and proved it in 1919, I think it was. And I still think it took 20, 25 years for the scientific community to really adopt it. So really that's what Mm -hmm. we're kind of talking about is this this – this explosive intellectual battle that takes place for you to change the way you think about. It. And so, Penny, given that description, you want to comment? Is, does that make some sense to you as a backdrop for us to begin to talk about your lived experience? It does make sense. You know, I think that we are kind of programmed with our expectations based on um, our family life growing up, based on the culture that we live in. You know, we have very specific 
expectations of what parenting should look like, what childhood is, you know, what success looks like, and, um, and, and, and it can be a real battle internally to make the decision to let go of those expectations and then to adopt something different and move forward through it. And you are a professional right now as a result of that experience. And if I recall, because we, we, we talked about this tangentially in other, at other times, from the beginning yeah. of your getting into this and where you are now as a professional, if I'm not mistaken, it's been like five or six years. Is that right? Um, well, my journey started almost 11 years ago when my son was diagnosed okay. with ADHD first. And... Um, it was hard. There wasn't a lot of information out there. We had things like Chad and Attitude Magazine. There wasn't any real guide. You know, you could go to the bookstore when you were pregnant, get what to expect when you're expecting, and you would, you would, you know, have this guidebook, literally this guidebook, to help you know what was coming up and what to do with it, how to manage it, how to cope, whatever. And nothing like that existed that I could find at the time for ADHD and kids, for families that had kids with ADHD. And um, so I started writing um, out of desperation at first, honestly, hoping somebody would find me and tell me how to make it better. And eventually that just kept um, kind of snowballing and propelling forward into what I do now, which is more, coaching and teaching, you know, I have a lot of, um, or several online courses, that's just all about really what I learned the hard way, because I was really upset that it was so hard to figure out. It took, it probably took two years for us before we really started making any real progress. And that entire time I was obsessed with ADHD, every moment I could carve out to read about it, go to the library, chat with people online I was doing it and so I was putting so much effort into it and we really weren't moving forward hardly at all and so yeah and the mindset shift you know came only a couple of years ago honestly you know I was already doing some coaching and some teaching and helping parents to kind of wade through all the information that's out there to see what is the most helpful and most effective aspects first. And Mm -hmm. I was just in this place of a very victim mentality. I was having a hard time myself as a person, not just in my parenting. And, you know, I felt like I had no control over my life. Everything that happened happened to me. Um, You know, why did I have to have, a child who struggled, why, you know, all of these things and started really searching for a different way because I knew there had to be something better. I see all these people around me who are happy. And for a long time I said, well, it must be their personality or it must be because they have more than I have. And so I, I ended up just kind of having an epiphany one day that I could either be a victim or I could be a survivor and the difference between those was a choice and my mindset. And so I started working on that mindset so I could shift. So I want to pause here real quick. I want to tell a story. I want to go and break and come back and talk about your mind shift real quickly. 
a mirror story with me. I had um, I've been coaching for a period of time, and I was really more when you get into coaching initially, you, you kind of you go with the dogma, the tactical type stuff. And I began to realize is that it's really mostly about mindset. And I began to change the way I looked at people with ADHD. I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. When people come to me, they say I'm disorganized or I have a time management problem. That's the mindset because people are judging people based off of appearance. So a psychiatrist mm-hmm. actually called me one time and I was coaching him and he wanted coaching one day because he was late all the time and, and he thought he had a time management problem. And so my mindset in questioning him was I wanted to know what his existing time management strategy was because I needed to know what that was first before we made any changes because usually clues are what's there. And I began to ask him, well, how late are you? And as I, you know, you ever like really late, whatever, and he, it started to hone in like he was always 10 or 15 minutes late. And at one point in time, I said, are you ever hour late? And he said, yeah, daylight savings time. And then I said, are you ever hour early? And he said, yeah, daylight savings time. Anyway, as it went on, I finally said, so I just want to confirm what I'm hearing you say is you're always 10 to 15 minutes late, like 98 to 99% of the time. And he said, yes. And then I said, well, what's your recipe? And he goes, what? I go, well, what's your system? Because what are you talking about? I said, if you can manage to always consistently be that late, there must have a system. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the guy had taken statistics, and he, I mean, he couldn't argue with me. And he popped up and says, I don't know, I guess I just don't like to be bored. And I go, there you go. And he goes, what? I go, mm. listen, there's no time management system in the world that's going to solve that issue because you're not directly addressing. You're dealing with what is appearance-based, not what's underlying it. And so it's funny because I know – Many of you think that he should have adhered to this, but he's got ADHD, and when he go, went into patients, the nurse is in there, and he's – I mean he's just not going to go in there until it's time to get the work done. It's more efficient for him, so he is late all the time. But for him, he realized he didn't really have a problem. He actually had a system and made that adoption to it. Really, he was there because once a month, the partners had a meeting, and one guy took offense to it, so we, we figured out something for that one meeting. But my point in the story really is is my mindset wasn't caught up into – the fact that he had a problem, I was looking for what went right, and I was able to observe it because I was looking through a different lens. And you can't see existing time management systems if you're looking for how it's broken. So I'm going to come back from the break, and Penny, get your thoughts on that and kind of move forward. Our secret word tonight yeah. is autism. Um, again, it's autism, and Penny's website that you need to check out is parentingadhdandautism.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com ATR. That's addca.com ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. 
Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Penny Williams, and we're talking about her lived experience and the the value and, and the benefits of a, of a shift in mindset and the understanding that a shift in mindset doesn't take place without a lot of anxiety and a lot of explosive intellectual battle by definition. And I'm hoping that we're kind of outlining this so that parents will know what they're expect for. Uh, before the break, Penny was kind of sharing her um, shift moving from victim to survivor. And so, Penny, can you continue on your story about that and, and Kind of also, as you described it, kind of talk about how, how you saw things a little bit differently when actually you began to look at more as a survivor as opposed to victim and what became obvious to you. Yeah, so it was definitely a process. Um, there, it was a real process over several years to even recognize that I had certain expectations and beliefs, um, not just about parenting and kids, but in general. We kind of, as I said, um, grow up and internalize certain things without even really thinking about it. And so I had to really discover that there was a different way to be even before I could start making that shift. And once that I realized that, I, you know, did a lot of reading. This victim uh, mindset versus survivor mindset is something that's talked about a lot in psychology. And so I kind of dove into that once I discovered it and read a lot about, um, you know, how we make those choices, because it really is a choice, uh, the way that we're going to think about certain things that happen in our lives um, and that happen around us. And, you know, then it was really about being mindful. I had to catch myself having negative thoughts, or I had to catch myself um, blaming situations or circumstances on others or being outside of my control. And I had to really accept the idea that our thoughts are very powerful. You know, a lot of people find it really hard to give credence to that, to really give weight to the fact that just changing the thoughts that we have will change our lives. They will change the people around us. You know, the biggest piece for us as a family was that when mom was happier, mom was more optimistic, everybody else could be. You know, the saying, um, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. (laughs) There's a lot to that, you know, from a psychological perspective, because we give off a certain energy. We, you know, I talk about it in terms of being a parent. And if I'm walking around the house and I'm really down, I'm constantly talking about how hard, 
having ADHD is or having a kid with special needs is or, you know, I'm constantly upset about the way school's going. All of these things that were definitely me for a long time, um, you know, I would talk about ADHD nonstop to anyone who would listen to me for years. You know, the dinner table conversation was ADHD, the, everything. My husband yep. walked through the door from work. It was ADHD. And that was so detrimental. It really held us down in this negative space, even though my intention was a good one. I wanted to help my son. I wanted to, you know, be the best parent I could be. I had all these great intentions. But by having more of this negative inner monologue all the time going on in my head, it was causing a lot of friction and a lot of um, feelings, you know, negative feelings for everybody else in the household as well. Um, so doing this work for ourselves isn't really just work for ourselves. You know, I, I, I have a retreat every year for moms of kids with uh, neurobehavioral and neurodevelopmental disorders, so ADHD, autism, anxiety, Tourette's, you know, these sort of um, kind of invisible disorders. And that's all we talk about is self-care. And I'm constantly redirecting to say, you know, this isn't selfish because as a culture here in the U.S., we are taught that as a mom, you give everything to everyone else. If you do anything for yourself, you're being selfish. Um, and that's just not true because the better you're doing, the better you can do for others, but also the better others around you are going to feel automatically. Um, and the more I really worked on my own positivity, my own optimism and gratitude, our whole household just kind of gave out this sigh of relief. Um, you know, it was almost this audible in the house, just relief because suddenly we weren't so stuck under the weight of all the things yep. that maybe we couldn't control, the things that we wish weren't part of our reality. Um, when I work with parents, when I work with moms, I talk a lot about, you know, you can control the parent that you are and you can be the parent that you want to be. But what you first have to do is accept ADHD and accept kind of that foundational reality that you yep. don't necessarily have the kid who is going to be the athletic star and valedictorian and, you know, these things that we dream yep. of when we have kids. When Once you reexamine that foundational starting point of your reality, then you can craft and define a parenthood that totally is intentional and purposeful and brings joy. You know, it doesn't have to be all negative just because your child has challenges that other kids so, don't necessarily have. So sometimes I think this, the languaging and the concepts are really kind of helpful to see some things. And at the beginning of the show, I talked about what a mindset was and the anxiety and the, the intellectual battle that takes place for you to shift this. And I just want to highlight because Penny, you're just kind of describing it and a lot of things that you were going through and shifting from the victim to the survivor. 
And the thing that stands out to me is there's a certain amount of where you have to have faith. You have to, because it's it's mm-hmm. hard to say, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in a boat and I'm gonna. By the way, at one point in time we thought the world was flat too. Um, to jump in a boat mm-hmm. and sail west to go east. I mean, you literally you think you're gonna die, you're gonna fall off the end of it. So there's this faith thing that you've got to really, really, really step into if you're gonna go from a victim to survivor. You know, the the saboteur, if you will, the victim, I mean, it's really hard to believe that you can thrive in that mindset. And I go back to the, the, the reading that I had before is that this, these changes in mindset, some people can't make it because they actually simply just resist it. And mm-hmm. the point really here is I think it's really, really hard to actually let go of – Everything that you've thought the world to be, because that's your existing mindset, you really have to let go of that and put faith in that thing. And I'm, I'm harping on this thing because it's a really simple thing for me to say, but it's the epicenter. It's so hard to step into faith and step into trust to think that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And what I was hearing you say is you probably had a lot of doubts along the way, but you had to do it every single day, every single day over a long period of time before it actually set. And even before you start to see some of the proof that it's coming around to you. And I think now you're a testament to it because now you're helping everybody else make that shift. But for our listeners, don't think that this is easy. And Benny, you can comment oh, on no. this. 11 years of, of every day shifting on your mind to look at the world differently is not the easiest thing to do. But the reason I wanted to do the show, I've talked to – I can't tell you how many people with ADHD experts, and most of the ones that are successful did it through a shift of mindset, not just because they found a tactic, a tool, or a strategy. So you, just comments on, on your thoughts on that, Penny? Yeah, it definitely requires some belief, some sort of buy-in um, with your own attitude that, yes, things can be different. Um, and it does kind of take this big leap of faith. Um, you know, my whole life I thought things happened to me. I didn't really I've, – I've never been the person who felt like I had full control over what my life was like. And it really came from this place of desperation. Like I have got to make some changes. Things have got to turn in a different direction. And – you know, part of having a survivor mindset is resilience. And resilience is believing that there's light at the end of the tunnel, believing that maybe where you are right now is hard, but it can and will get better. Um, And, you know, as I research some of these things, you know, hope, faith, optimism, resilience, and gratitude, are basically the five things that feed into a survivor mindset. And as I dove deeper in there, and I was looking for, um, you know, different studies and things to really, because that's who I am, I have more of a scientific thinking process. You know, I'm type A, prove it to me, show me how it works, right, beforehand. And you know, there's a lot of studies out there about happiness, what makes people happy. And, and there was a lot on gratitude now as well, and how powerful just practicing gratitude once a day, every day can be. That alone will really shift your mindset a great deal. And so I just started putting some of this stuff into practice. And it's 
still hard for me. I will say, you know, it's not just that I've been really mindful about it for two years and I've really worked hard at it. I still have to remind myself, hey, you know, you're really in a negative space about this. Let's think about it in a different way. And I always will. I mean, I think it's human nature to go to the negative first. And so, you know, you do – and, and you can read a lot about this. And I think that's what helped me to be able to take that leap of faith um, was that I was seeing it once I started searching these terms like survivor yep. mindset and victim versus survivor. And I was just finding so much information about it and personal stories out there of people who made that shift and how it changed their lives. And so that helped to really propel me and keep me yep. moving forward. And I was consuming yep. a lot of podcast episodes that were on that sort of, you know, I almost immersed in it so that yep. I couldn't really turn it off. You know, I couldn't yep. kind of push yep. it away. I said, okay, this yep. is just going to be everything right now and I'm going to get there. Yep. And when you immerse, it becomes your reality. Yeah. So everybody, you see in the explosive intellectual battle that takes time to kind of talk yourself into it. So I want to go to break. Before yep. we do, I was I would like to thank Penny. She recently had a parenting telesum, and she was um, cool enough to invite me on, and, and she let me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I I can't talk the way that I'd like to talk, but I, we were able to have a conversation about motivation. And I learned this from Dr. Roberto Olivardi, but most people look at motivation as if somebody's not doing something that you want them to do, they're not motivated. And Penny allowed me to sit there and say. If, 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 if I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about kids. If the kid is playing Xbox and not doing their homework, they're not not unmotivated. They're just motivated to play Xbox. And until you acknowledge mm-hmm. that in fact the kid is motivated, everything the kid ever did, they were motivated to do it, and everything you ever did as a parent, you were. Until you acknowledge what's real, you can't actually really deal with the situation. And that is, hey, they're more motivated to do that. Then you can begin to look at strategies to adjust the environment. So they're not tempted, but it's a much more workable strategy to change your mindset from they're not motivated, and really they're not doing what I want them to do, is that they are motivated. Now, how am I going to be clever and work with this? So, um, mm-hmm. real quickly, our secret word tonight is autism. Uh, you got to go check out Penny's website at parentingadhdandautism.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. 
Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with Penny Williams um, about her lived experience and my concepts of mindsets and the shift and how they don't happen overnight. It's a process to helpfully share with you this blueprint so if you're listening to this show that you can actually uh, jump on board uh, because there is a process and this stuff does work. I want to pick up on what Penny was saying a second ago in three parts to really nail down really what she said and, and to give it some life. Years ago, I interviewed Greg Creech of the To Do Institute. He talked about um, uh, – he, he studies Japanese psychology, and they have this thing called the practice of gratitude. And as he described it to me, problems abound in our life. If you have a flat tire, that's a problem. You have to deal with it right then. You can't put it off. But if something good happens, you don't have to, you don't have to celebrate right then. You can put it off until later. So what happens in life is there's problems everywhere. And what we do is we get sucked into where we're dealing with problem, problem, problem. And the Japanese um, psychology is you actually have to practice gratitude like an exercise, like shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. You've got to schedule it like a Zumba class on Friday. I'm going to sit down for an hour, and I'm going to be grateful. And I personally went through an experience where I, I needed to shift. And I literally one day was like, what am I grateful for? And literally like, I was grateful I bit into that sausage. I mean I said it. I didn't really mean it, but I was like doing that. Separately, I did an interview yeah. with um, Lydia Zolowski on – um, mindfulness, and she was interesting. There's two parts of mindfulness. One is the shift of your mind, of, of paying attention to maybe one thought or another one. But the other one she described was the shift in your attitude. And I, I, I attribute that attitude as a little bit of mindset. And it's funny because I actually started sitting down every day and, and, and thinking, like practicing what I was grateful for. And I got to tell you, it was like months. I, there were just words coming on my out. There was actually no meaning to that. And, but I really, I was embracing this. I like, I needed to get there. Then one day I actually stopped and I was doing something and I actually in that moment was grateful for it. And it can be as simple as biting into a strawberry. And all of a sudden I realized like, wait a second, I'm actually grateful for that. And as time went on, I noticed that my mindset was becoming, was changing. And I was actually truly not just saying the words and I was actually grateful. So this notion of practicing, (laughs) Gratefulness mm-hmm. is something I did over a long period of time, and Penny, I think you were saying it really wasn't coming for you, but as time happens, this is how your mind gets set up to think a little bit differently. This is the process. There's lots of anxiety. It doesn't really come easily, but if you're going to do this, this is actually the way it gets done, and I don't know if there's a way to shortcut it. So you want to share your thoughts on all this? You fake it so you make it, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I learned that because I, I have a lot of social anxiety. So I learned how to pretend on the outside that I was comfortable or that I was um, maybe having a good time at a social gathering where I didn't know anyone. Um, But it's been kind of a repeat practice for me in life. You know, when I started um, 15 plus years ago in a new career before any of the ADHD and parenting work, um, I was brand new, and I said, okay, well, I just have to pretend that I'm a pro with this, that I have all this experience, and I know what I'm doing, and I can just keep 
propelling forward. And then one day, like you said, you start to realize that you actually know what you're talking about. You are that pro now. You are that um, these things are suddenly genuine. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, you go and you pretend that you're an engineer and you have no engineering background. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's, again, it's controlling your thoughts and what you're putting out there. And, you know, I like the way that you said it's like exercise, although none of us really like that word. I guess some people do, but a lot of us <laughs> kind of cringe at the word exercise. But, you know, it's just, it's, it really is something that you have to continue to focus on um, and come back to. And, and when we talk about mindfulness, you know, people think about meditation and sitting on the floor with your legs crossed and your hands together. And, and that's not what mindfulness is necessarily. You could practice it that way, but you don't have to. You could be moving. You could be, um, yep. you know, doing a lot of different things. The, and, you know, people with ADHD really struggle with the concept that, yes, you can have an inattentive mind and still practice mindfulness because it's not about turning off your thoughts. It's about learning how to redirect back to what you wanted to be focused on when your thoughts start to stray. Yep. and like exercise, the more you do it, the easier that gets. The first day at the gym, yep. you're going to feel like a total yep. failure. But in yep. two months, you might feel like a pro. Yep. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's like working a muscle. If you don't continue to do it, you will start to fall back into old patterns. It's, it's funny because the athlete in me, and the old, I, I relate everything back to exercise. And I actually call attention exercises because it's the practice of noticing your mind's wandering off and bringing it back to what your attention mm -hmm. is. And if you've got ADD, it's wandering off like every millisecond. It's, it's, it's a mm -hmm. lot of work to kind of get it together. But anyway, so going back to like the bigger picture. So you've been in this journey for a long period of time and, you know, I'm, things are looking differently. Earlier I explained how I look at people with ADHD. They're enormously efficient. They do everything for a reason. And they're like, I can break procrastination down. I've not found anybody yet who's ever showed me something they were procrastinating on that I couldn't find the legitimate reason that they were doing it. And I'm saying that because with that mindset, I break it down. I can find out what the legitimate reason is, and then we can actually address how to get around that reason because in the absence of that, you're just – you're just using emotion, waiting for it to kind of come around, which doesn't do any good to beat yourself up and just try harder. But I like to get to the practical side of it. And I have a lot of success in coaching people just because of the mindset is like, there's a reason for this. It's a logical reason. Let's just get down to it. And then when we find it, what the tangible thing is, we can begin to manage our way around it. And that's, it's revolutionized my coaching just by saying, listen, what are they doing right? Not not with the mindset that they're broken. And what I'm hearing, Penny, from you is, is when you made that shift to survivors versus opposed to victim, you started to see the world differently, and you started having better outcomes and different outcomes because you can see things that are now obvious that weren't so obvious before because your mind wasn't set up to see them. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it reminded me of the conversations with, that I have with parents around behavior. And I am a huge fan of Ross Green's work from the explosive child of raising human beings. And um, that behavior is communication. So the behavior that you're seeing on the outside, 
we are kind of programmed as parents to think there's good behavior and bad behavior. And if we're seeing bad behavior, if we punish or show our authority, the bad behavior will turn into good behavior. That's our cultural sort of umbrella of parenting. And what we find when we start thinking about behavior differently as though it's some sort of communication or a symptom of a bigger problem, then we can start to address it in a way that works. You know, you were saying that there's always a reason behind procrastination or motivation or being late all the time. Same thing with behavior. When you start looking at why it continues to happen and you address that, then behavior starts to improve. And being more positive myself helps to set me up to be open to and able to do that work, to look at the behavior, look at the symptoms in a completely different way that is much, much, much more effective. Yeah, so um, just – so I, my, every once in a while I get my new favorite saying, my new favorite phrase. My new favorite one is the sun doesn't rotate around the earth. We know the sun doesn't rotate around the earth, but without the right technology, it looks like it does. And mm-hmm. we deal with so much that's appearance-based. And, Penny, I've learned, you know, let go of the appearance and go to the why. Understand the why. Earlier I, I talked about mm-hmm. the gentleman that was late all the time. Why he was late was he didn't like to be bored. I can get to the why, I can actually problem solve for that now. Whereas before, I'm just dealing with appearance and I'm I'm applying all kinds of things that are not going to work because I don't understand the why. I use the metaphor yeah. about the motivational type thing. Is that well, that's the, 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 why they're not doing their homework is they're motivated to do something else. It really changes everything. And when you back up and and really ask that why, how you move forward depends on the why. But you have to look under the hood a little bit. And as you said, look at not just the outward appearance of the behavior, but look, look what's under it. And if you start to look at some of that stuff, you can begin to see things that you never see. And again, you can problem solve in a completely, entirely new, different way. I, I got actually a graphic that I have one time. It's my little aha bob, which is a symbol of my business, and it's drowning in a sea of strategies. And I actually had heard that from an educator one time mm-hmm. from Disability Services. We just throw strategies at this kid, and none of them work, but they're drowning in a sea of them. And my thing is – because nobody ever stopped down and said, well, why are they doing this? None of it's working because we haven't gotten yep. to underneath of it. And, and if you shift your mindset to begin to look at some of that stuff, you can see things. And again, really what I really wanted to get out of this is everybody, if you're listening, changing your mindset, it's an explosive intellectual battle. There's lots of anxiety. There's a lot of conflict, and it does require a lot of faith. But the more you fight it, the longer it's going to take if you even make that shift. But if you listen to Penny and her story and you embrace it and realize it, and you begin to listen to everybody else's story, all the, all the significant people who have done this, you're going to see a common theme. This is, it's like the grieving process. You've got to go through the steps. You've got to go through this intellectual battle and make that change. So with that, you need to pull this thing together. Penny, any other comments or thoughts before we call it a day? I was just thinking as you were talking that you know the stress that we're under as parents of kids with differences is enormous. And that stress can have very physical consequences to our health, not just our mindset and our emotional well-being, but our physical well-being. And doing this work to adopt 
a survivor mindset has helped me to really manage my stress more. I was told for years and years um, by doctors when I was having some issues and everybody would do testing and they would say, we don't know, reduce your stress, reduce your stress, doctor after doctor. That was it, two words or three words, reduce your stress. And I was like, well, I can't give away my kids and I can't change ADHD. And so what are they talking about? You know, I just had no clue. And now I realize that it's really about your mindset and your attitude, how you manage stress, what you take in is stressful. You know, I'm able to let things go now that aren't as important. I used to hold on to everything. Everything bothered me. It all built up, and I was just this bundle of stress constantly. And, you know, I got a fibromyalgia diagnosis, and I have started developing migraines a couple of years ago. And, and I know that these things can easily be triggered by stress. And I have been able to manage those things a whole lot better in the last couple of years um, because I am now better at managing that stress. I'm not even letting some of it stress me at all. And what is important and stressful, I'm able to deal with better because I have that more positive outlook. Um, and that's a big deal. You know, with, with the fibromyalgia, for instance, I was constantly in pain. Um, and I would have these big flares where I really couldn't, move around for a few days and I haven't had that in a while. I have, you know, much more mild and spread apart flares and, and it's totally because I have finally figured out how to manage some of that stress, but it's so important. I mean, stress can lead to heart attacks and death even. It's really yep. crucial. And again, that comes back to I'm taking care of myself so that I can take care of my family. Because if yep. I continue to let the stress erode me, I'm no longer capable of doing for them. Yep. Even though I was trying to sacrifice myself for them so I could do for them, now I can't because I didn't take care of myself in the first place. It's really crucial stuff. Yep. So a few things just to kind of close this out. Number one, you can have all the talent, you can have all the skills, and you all the smarts in the world. But if you, you have all that stuff, there's many people that have that stuff, but they're not successful because they don't have the right mindset. If you listen to mm -hmm. the high-level sports like that, they're always talking about the mindset of the players. If you don't have a team attitude and you're a basketball player, you can have it all, but you're not going to win a championship. Another thing that's really important is <clears throat> weight loss is about your mindset, not mm -hmm. a diet. It's a lifestyle. It's not something you go on. It's like everything else, like, you know, Panda eats uh, bamboo. That's their diet. So weight loss is a mindset. It's not a strategy. It's not a diet. It's not a, it's, it's when you step into that. And to me, um, trust, you can't, or, or faith, you can't, I always get this kind of backwards. You have to step into faith to truly trust somebody. And that's a mindset. And it's not an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. And what I hope everybody got out of this, this show today is, you're listening to a lived experience from Penny. She's gone through it. She's gone through the act. She's read the book. She's done the stuff. And now she's an incredible asset to the ADHD and autism community because of all the things that she does. But if you're out there listening to the show, what I hope you're taking from this is 
shifts of mindset. They're not comfortable. They're not easy. It's intense. But if you embrace them and step into that, the more you, the more you work with it and the less you fight it, the quicker it will go, and you can get to a good place. So with that, any last comments? Nope. I think you summed it up perfectly. All right. Everybody, go check out Penny's website at parentingadacandautism.com. And with that, Penny, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me back. Everyone, our secret word tonight is autism. We hope you've got something out of the show. Um, please send us an email, what you like, what you didn't like, at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And with that, catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.